Hi there, and welcome to the LifePoint Leadership Podcast. The big idea of our church is to grow the church by growing people. So that's why we're doing this. Our goal, our hope, our prayer is that through strengthening your hands and equipping you for leadership and ministry, together we will all grow a church where people love to experience God's presence, learn God's teaching, share in God's family, and serve God's mission. This podcast is the first of a series on altar working. Our goal with this series is to equip you to become a more effective altar worker to help pray with people who are repenting of their sins, who need a breakthrough in their life, but particular emphasis is going to be placed on praying with people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues for the very first time. So this is module one, where we're going to discuss the vision, the values, and the role of an altar worker. Our goal is that by strengthening your hands, we will see a large number of people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in 2019. In fact, that's our rallying cry for this year. And one of the things that will help us see a large number of people receive the Holy Ghost is if we can create an effective altar call experience. And the key to an effective altar call experience is having well-trained altar workers. So welcome to Module 1, where we're going to discuss the vision, the values, and the role of an altar worker. Well, hey, everybody, I'm your host, Adam Shaw, and welcome to the LifePoint Leadership Podcast. So, so honored that you're taking time out of your schedule. I don't know if you're on the bus or if you're commuting or if you're listening online um, or through one of your favorite apps, but thank you so much for joining us uh, today. As already said, we are going to be talking about becoming an effective altar worker, and today's module is the vision of our church the values of our church, and the role of an altar worker. So this module has three takeaways. At the end of this module, we want you to know the vision and values of LifePoint Church and understand how effective altar working fits into LifePoint's vision. We also want you to understand what an altar worker is, and that will prepare you for the um, the next step or the next module. So for those of you that don't know, the vision of LifePoint Church is to grow a church where people love to experience God's presence, learn God's teaching, share in God's family, and serve God's mission. We find this uh, vision, this is not something we came up with, but we find it right from the book of Acts. And you can go and you can read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, where they talk about these principles being embodied in the first century apostolic church. And so we want to grow a church. We're not interested in being stagnant. We're not interested in staying the same, but we want this city, we want this region to be reached. Uh, We want to grow the church and we want to be a church where they can build great relationships with other like-minded believers. And together we all, we all hitch to the, the wagon of the kingdom of God and, and we all pull in the same direction and we serve the mission of the kingdom of God. That, that's that's the vision of our church. Experience, learn, share, serve. Now, um, the next thing is our values. Our values, and, and values can be kind of fuzzy, and, and they can be like neat little statements that businesses have. Well, that's not what we're interested in. We're, we're interested in, in meaningful values. And value simply is how we behave, how we are going to behave as we work in the kingdom of God and and fulfill the vision that we see in the book of Acts that God has given us for our local church. 
So here's the values of LifePoint Church, our core values. Passion is the motivation and driving emotion of all we do. If you were to take a personality test of LifePoint Church, the dominant emotion and drive would be passion. There are all sorts of other churches out there, amazing apostolic churches that that have maybe a different personality or a different style. And we thank God for them and we praise God for them. But when we take a look at who LifePoint is at its core, we are passionate. If you take a look at those that preach on Sundays, our pastoral team that preaches, they are so diverse when it comes to their personality. Some are extroverts, some are introverts, but the moment they crack open the word, there's one thing that spills out of every person who preaches, and it's passion. And here's what we are passionate about. We are passionate about apostolic doctrine and its application. We are passionate about preserving, propagating, retaining the doctrine, the theology of the apostolic church, and we seek to apply it. We're talking about the oneness of God. Acts 2.38, salvation, repentance of our sins, being washed uh, from our sins in, in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name, baptism in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of our sins and receiving the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues and holiness of life. We are passionate about that. We refuse to compromise apostolic doctrine for anything. We would rather lose people. We would rather lose team members. And we would rather say no to talented people that don't embrace apostolic doctrine than to compromise so that we can have a bigger crowd or more talented people. We refuse to do it. We're going to strive for the application of holiness principles and doctrinal principles in our everyday life. We're going to hold people to a standard. As they grow, of course, they're they're going to be ground floor levels for all people. But but when it comes to the platform, when it comes to teaching and discipling people, there's going to be a high standard of of attitude, of character, of lifestyle and, and dress, all of those things, because we're passionate about apostolic doctrine. Number two. We're passionate about being spirit-led and spirit-driven. We're not just going to adopt ideas because they worked in another church. We are, we are not just going to be pragmatists when it comes to our methodology. The Holy Ghost is going to speak to us. God is going to give us direction. And we won't move and we won't make a change unless the Spirit says we should. But when the Spirit says we should... There is no sacred cow at LifePoint Church. We are going to be spirit-led and spirit-driven. As leaders, we want to be spirit-led and spirit-driven. We don't want to come up with our own ideas. We don't want to come up with our own methods. We want what Jesus wants for our church. The third thing, we are passionate about results. One of the reasons why we're doing this, we're passionate about results. We want to see the city reached. We want to see apostolic revival. We want to see the Holy Ghost poured out in tremendous measure. We don't just want to do stuff to do stuff. Man, we're so busy. 
Our calendars are jammed. We're not, this isn't a social club. We're not looking for something to do. We're looking to see revival happen. That's our values. So as we seek to grow a church where people love to experience God's presence, learn God's teaching, share in God's family, and serve God's mission, as we execute that vision, we are going to do it with passion. And we will be passionate about apostolic doctrine, being spirit-led, spirit-driven, and results. So how does altar working fit into the vision of LifePoint Church? Well, simple. Altar working is directly tied to one of the very first statements of our vision. Experience God's presence. Altar working is directly tied to the experience God's presence component of the vision of LifePoint Church. Our only objective as altar workers, as a ministry of altar working, is to aid, to coach, and to guide people in responding to the work of the Holy Ghost. Altar working provides you with the opportunity to serve the mission of the kingdom of God, which is to pour out his spirit on all flesh. So that's how that fits into the vision of our church. You may be wondering, what is an altar worker? You've been talking, you've been using the word altar worker, altar working. What is an altar worker? And um, here's, here's the the general overview of what an altar worker is. An altar worker is a person who facilitates an individual experiencing all that God has for them in an altar call with particular emphasis on helping people receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So an altar worker is there to pray with people so that by the time the service is over, the person you are praying for has received everything God wanted to give them that day in that service. But our particular emphasis is going to be on praying with people who have never received the Holy Ghost and spoken in tongues for the very first time. The word facilitate means to make easier or less difficult to assist, you know, in the progress of a person So an altar worker is there to serve and aid in an individual opening up to the moving of God's presence, to receiving a breakthrough and healing, and to facilitate them responding to the work of the Holy Spirit so they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. An effective altar worker then ministers to people through the power of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and strong communication skills. I'm going to say that again. An effective altar worker ministers to people through the power of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and strong communication skills. It's their job to guide, to encourage, and coach someone in responding to the presence of God and yielding to the work the Holy Ghost is trying to accomplish in their lives. Now, there's theology behind an altar working ministry. We may not hear those particular words, altar working ministry, in the New Testament, but there is strong theology behind developing a ministry of praying with people to receive the Holy Ghost and all that God has for them. There are a lot of scriptures in the Bible that speak about uh, laying hands on people when we pray for them. 
In fact, one of the scriptures is Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. It's Jesus says, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And then this phrase, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The scriptures speak about the ministry of laying on of hands, that when people would pray for others as as the spirit would lead them or as people came forward to receive something from God, people ministering in the body, in the church, would lay their physical hands on those seeking individuals so that they could receive something from God. And now there are three reasons to lay hands on spiritual seekers. There are three reasons to lay hands on spiritual seekers. And the first one is this. We lay hands on people for symbolic spiritual transfer. The first reason to lay hands on someone who is seeking God in an altar is for symbolic spiritual transfer. Throughout the Old Testament, there are many examples of laying on of hands through the ministry of prophets and priests. And and the common thread throughout these examples is the symbolism of spiritual transfer. In the New Testament, the laying on of hands uh, is, you know, fulfilled the same purpose of symbolizing a spiritual transfer and inspiring faith. So laying your hands on a spiritual seeker apparently represents the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit in the church, including the gifts of the Spirit and receiving the Holy Ghost. And in fact, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit commonly came upon somebody. Someone received the Holy Ghost and the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, that, that came with the laying on of hands. These, now, these qualities didn't magically flow or physically flow by means of physical hands, but the laying on of the hands represents what God was doing spiritually and it helped people to believe and accept the invisible act of God coming upon their life. In, in other words, it's, it's, it's this, you were laying your hands symbolically on somebody as a sign that the Holy Spirit is coming on them. So as they feel your, your hands, your fingers resting on their head or, or on their shoulder, you are symbolically saying by that gesture, God is coming upon you. Now, God isn't magically flowing through your hands or flowing through your fingers physically, but it's symbolic that, that as you lay your hands on that person, God is coming down on that person. Number two, the Lord is moving through his church. So the first reason why we lay on hands uh, is symbolic spiritual transfer. The second reason is that God is moving through his church. And that the practice of laying hands on somebody signifies the joint work of God's spirit and God's church coming together to bring blessings upon those that are seeking God. While God is sovereign and can perform these works without human hands, he wants to move through us. He wants to move through his church. In fact, that, that's how he primarily works in the world is, is through his people. And while blessings ultimately come from God, the church proclaims God's blessings and inspires people to have faith to receive God's blessings, and then lays hands on people and 
prays for them. And as we lay hands on them and pray for them, God moves upon those people with his blessings. You know, Jesus laid hands on people throughout his earthly ministry. In Luke chapter 4, verse 40, it says, When the sun was setting, all those who had had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, that's Jesus, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. As much as it is possible, we want to emulate the actions of Jesus. Jesus' earthly ministry is our perfect example of what it means to minister to spiritually needy people. As the body of Christ, we are the present-day extension of Jesus and his mission in the world. And so when we lay hands on people, we are symbolizing the joint work of Jesus and his church. And as we lay hands on people and pray for them, God moves through the avenue of our prayers and our faith and blesses and touches and fills those who are hungry. The third reason that we lay hands on people is laying hands is a powerful tool to focus a seeker's faith. Laying hands is a powerful tool to focus a seeker's faith. Laying on of hands focuses someone's faith to receive a promise from God at that particular moment they are praying. It creates this expectation and anticipation that when your hand touches their head, they will instantly feel God working in their life. It prepares the mind and the heart of an individual to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Our hands are an extension of Jesus's hands. And when, when we act or speak in the name of Jesus, we are acting as his agents and exercising his authority. And when we are acting in the Holy Spirit or operating in the gifts of the Spirit, and we lay our hands on that person, it's as if, now this is symbolic, Jesus laid his own hands on that person because we are empowered agents of God's grace and his authority, and we have the power through praying in Jesus' name to direct God's power on a person. Now, obviously, we need to be led of the Holy Ghost to do this. The individual we are praying for needs to be yielding to Jesus and wanting to seek him when when we, when we go to pray with them. And our prayer must be aligned with God's will. This isn't like an abracadabra thing at all. But when all of the right conditions are met, we can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, receive the Holy Ghost. And we can expect that people will feel the power of God come upon them and they will receive the Spirit. So to summarize, there are three theological reasons to lay hands on people, symbolic spiritual transfer, that God is coming upon them. Two, the Lord is moving through his church. Three, it focuses the faith of an individual. You can tell them, when I lay my hands on you, you are going to feel the presence of God. Now, your hands aren't magic hands, but your actions focus their faith on a moment where they believe God will do what he said he'll do when we pray and when we seek him. And we can be assured through scripture that when the conditions are met, 
when we lay hands on people and pray for them in the authority of Jesus' name, they will receive what God has promised. Now, in order for the laying on of hands to have maximum effect in building faith and focus faith, we should not practice it indiscriminately and casually. It is most effective when an altar worker helps people understand its significance and when the people that are being prayed for are told of its significance and they are ready and open to receive something from God. But when we obey the instructions of God's word and we focus our faith accordingly and we get the people we're praying for to focus their faith accordingly, we have assurance that God is going to move when we pray. Now, there are other scriptures about laying out of hands that kind of give reasons for it, and we're going to walk through those. The first, the first uh, set of scriptures we're going to look at is, is the Bible talks about the ministry of laying out of hands for supernatural and miraculous healing. Acts chapter 28, verse 8 says, And it happened that the father of Pubilus laid sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him, and he healed him. Acts chapter 9, verse 17 through 18. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on them, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me, so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he arose and was baptized. Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 13. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So we see in Scripture that people, in order to receive miraculous healing, either someone in the church or Jesus himself laid hands on those individuals, and the ministry of laying on of hands was used to pray and to command miraculous healing upon the bodies of those who were sick. But one huge reason, which is actually one of the big, big, big focuses of this entire training uh, series on altar working we're going to be doing for you guys, is, is the ministry of laying on of hands was for people to receive the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 18, it says this, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they, that's the apostles, laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 9.17, we just read that, but let's read another translation. So Ananias found, went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 uh, verse 6 
And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So we see in scripture, there is this witness that not only were hands laid on people for them to receive miraculous healing, but we see that hands were laid upon people to receive the Holy Ghost. In fact, it seems to indicate in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 18, that it took the authority of the apostles laying their hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. Now we know that people can receive the Holy Ghost at home. People can receive the Holy Ghost praying by themselves, that they don't need someone there. But more often than not, an altar worker is present. A minister is present. They're laying hands on people and uh, they're commanding the presence of God upon that person. And in the name of Jesus, praying that that person who is seeking God would receive the Holy Ghost and they do. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, so, um, uh, yeah, for Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 18, so captivating was this authority that came through the laying out of hands that Simon the sorcerer tried to buy it from the apostles. And if you read the story, you know that did not work out well for him. But the scripture is clear that if people are to receive the Holy Ghost, the majority of them will require someone operating and functioning in the authority of God to come by, lay their hands on them, and pray in the name of Jesus and command the presence of God down to come and fill them. So that's the theology of, of altar working. I hope that helps you. Uh, so we see the you know, symbolic spiritual transfer, God working through his church, the focusing of people's faith. But we also have the witness of scripture telling us that we lay hands on people for specific purposes, and that is to receive miraculous healing. One we did not talk about because it's not really relevant to this podcast, but to commission people in ministry. But the big, big, big thing we're seeing in the book of Acts is that hands was laid upon hands were laid upon individuals for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. So that's the theology of altar work. Um, so let's talk really quickly about the time commitment, role, skills, and expectations of altar working before we um, end this podcast. And that is the time commitment and length of an altar worker. This is the more technical stuff. The time commitment and length of an altar worker is simply the duration of um, a service altar call. That's it. That's, that's the, it's the duration of a service altar call. Now we want as many people as possible to listen to this training and to be equipped and, and, and to be confident, but we actually want to develop a ministry. And so, um, if you want to be a part of this ministry, if you don't, that's totally cool. You can listen to this training, get, you know, get equipped. And then as the Holy ghost leads, pray for people. But if you're wanting to be part of this team that is going to aggressively work the altars, and by aggressively, I, I don't mean in a, in a weird way, but to passionately work the altars to identify and, and pray with people that need to receive the Holy Ghost, we're going to turn this into an actual ministry, and you will uh, be scheduled um, on a regular basis. That doesn't mean every week, but 
uh, you'll be scheduled on a regular basis uh, through our church management software system, Elvanto. You'll get an email, you get a text letting you know that you are on deck for a particular service and that you show up to church that day knowing that like the singers are going to sing, the preacher's going to preach, the, you know, the greeters are going to greet. Your job is to minister to people in the altar. So the time commitment of this ministry is just the duration of a service altar call. And we are hoping for those that desire to be part of the um, the ministry of altar working that um, we are going to schedule you through Elvanto. So what this means is that in a given month you will have a set of services that will uh, you'll be scheduled for. So like the preachers will preach and the singers will sing and the greeters will greet and the ushers will usher. You will show up to church that day to pray with people um, and work in the altar ministry. So in the actual altar working ministry, now again, you can, if, if, if you're Holy Ghost filled member of our church, by all means, you don't have to be part of the ministry to pray with people. But we want to, for those that feel that this is what God wants them to do, we want to do this in an intentional and organized way so that we can maximize our results and see as many people as possible receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in 2019. So in the actual ministry, there's going to be two roles two roles in the ministry. And so let's walk through what those roles are and the skills and expectations of those two roles. Now, this is going to be a high-level overview. In Module 3, we're going to break this down way, way, way more. It's going to be much clearer in Module 3, but we wanted to give you an overview so that at the end of this podcast, you, you kind of knew what was up. So the, the first one's the most obvious one, and that is the altar worker. The altar worker is a person who actively prays for people to receive the Holy Ghost or a miracle from God. So that is the, that's the role. If you're scheduled as an altar worker, when you show up to church, that, that, that particular service, you know your job is to actively pray with people to receive the Holy Ghost and receive a special touch from God. But because this is also an intentional ministry, um, we have another role, and that is altar coordinator. And the altar coordinator is a person who coordinates the flow of altar workers by getting ministers and other team members to help pray for somebody. So an altar worker, we're hoping, is going to be laser focused on finding an individual. But that altar coordinator, their job is to have the bird's eye view of of everything that's going on in a given service. They're going to have a bird's eye view of that altar call. And uh, they're not going to be praying with people per se, but they're going to be looking for people who are responding, who are open. Um, They will identify who may need an altar worker to come and pray for them, or they will work to get uh, another minister to another individual if you need help. So here's what I mean. Sometimes I'm praying for people if I'm an altar worker, and I can only bring people to a certain point. And for them to go to that next step, for them to break through, I discern whether it's experience or the Holy Ghost. I'm not really quite sure, but I usually discern, oh man, I need Pastor Shaw to come. If I can get Pastor Shaw to come pray for this person, they're going to it's going to bust open. They're going to receive this thing from God. But I don't want to walk away from the person I'm praying through because they may lose momentum. They need me there coaching and praying. And so I have to find a way to get pastor's attention without leaving that individual and without disrupting the service. So the goal of the altar coordinator is not only will they be looking from this, you know, bird's eye perspective 
from the altar, trying to find those that may be open to receive something from God, but they're also going to be watching for the signals of other altar workers. And um, so let's say I'm praying for somebody and I know that if Pastor Shaw comes over, that person's going to receive a breakthrough from God. So I'll signal for the altar coordinator and I'll let them know that I need, I need pastor. And so rather than me leaving and finding Pastor Shaw, the altar coordinator will go get Pastor Shaw for me and let me know or let pastor know that I'm needing some help. So the two roles of this altar ministry is the first one's the obvious one. That's the altar worker. That's the one who's doing the praying for and the laying on of hands of those that are seeking something from God, specifically the Holy Ghost. And the other role is the coordinator whose job is to manage the flow of the altar workers in the altar call, see who needs help, communicate information between ministry team and pastoral team, and help identify those that may need a touch from God and send an altar worker to them. That's how the ministry is going to function. We believe that if we can coordinate and be intentional about our efforts, that we will see God through our faith, fill a large number of people with the Holy Ghost in 2019. We want to create effective altar call experiences for those who need a touch from God, for those that need to receive the Holy Ghost. You've heard pastor preach on it. The Holy Ghost changes everything. The Holy Ghost changes everything. And when people receive the Holy Ghost, it is a brand new start for their life. And so we want as many people as possible who are mature in the Lord to feel equipped to pray with people. But we're also making this podcast for those that are passionate about praying for others to receive the Holy Ghost. And we want to use this podcast to train you so we can launch a ministry of altar workers and altar coordinators so that we can maximize our altar calls for the glory of God and revival at LifePoint Church. Well, I hope this podcast has helped you. I hope you hit the subscribe button. We'll be sure to let you know when module two comes out. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about preparing yourself to serve. And we're going to talk about serving from the overflow, being in submission, and allowing the gifts of the Spirit to flow through you. I know it's going to help you, and I know it's going to equip you to become more effective in the kingdom of God. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great rest of your week.